At the turn of the millennia, the Disney parks had done just about everything there is to do. With parks across the globe from Japan to Orlando to France, Walt's dream had become a reality, but a few ideas remained. Harkening back to the original Jungle Cruise, Imagineer Joe Rohde set out to bring one to life. We're talking lions, tigers, and Mickey Mouse? Oh my! This week on Slice of Disney, the Kilimanjaro Safaris. We're going on a journey. We saved the seat for you. The animals are ready to show us what they do. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, occasional... Wait, I forgot my name. I, you have been doing I that do it all a the lot time. lately. I just want to jump right in, you know? Um, <laughs> and I am your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney-goer and real-life lion. With my hairy mane I have nowadays. Rawr! Yeah. You do when your his hair is not pushed back in a ponytail or with his buff. It is. It is a true mane. like a lion. It's pretty cool. You're like I'm a... kind of r- into it. I guess, yeah, a lot of lions, like their manes are kind of red. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll see how much longer I keep it, but I had to keep it at least through this episode. Only for this episode. That's the yep. only reason. Yep, yep, yep. The one we decided we were going to do like about a week ago. We, we have some in our back pockets and we always like, some seem too exciting. Some I get nervous to like dive into. But we're talking about the Kilimanjaro Safaris today because this ride is super amazing and awesome and really unpredictable, which is one of the reasons I love it so much. When you go, like sometimes, you know, you have a dud and then sometimes you're like, oh my God, that was like a real safari. Yeah, it's very cool. I actually like, as I was reading through some of the notes for this, I um, was like, I think I actually went on this when I was a young kid. Um, I I don't remember that much of it, but I do feel like I've had an experience that's been similar to it. I'm like, where else would I have gotten it except for Here. Uh, in Disney? Oh my parks. God, yeah. that excites me a lot that you yeah. have those memories potentially repressed, coming back to you. Repressed memories <laughs> of, this, of this attraction. <laughs> um, if you're listening and you don't know what the Kilimanjaro safaris are, it is a safari attraction at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Walt Disney World, and it simulates an open-sided safari ride through the savannah of East Africa. It is the longest ride that is not a movie or a show that is always going to be over 18 minutes because of the unpredictability of the animals and how long someone might pause. It goes up to, you know, it could go up to 20, 22, 25 minutes. Wow, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Um, Do you think it's longer than Rise of Resistance? Do they count that as a show? That's a good question. I actually never, when I'm on the safari, it feels short. It doesn't feel like a long attraction because you're looking at animals. Like, it's so cool the whole time. I just looked it up, actually, and Rise of Resistance is, quote unquote, about 18 minutes. So this one must be coming in, especially with you said with the variance of depending upon what you see and where you stop, um, actually longer than uh, Rise of the Resistance, which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, because Rise is a long ride. Yeah. The Kilimanjaro Safari is also the biggest attraction. So big, you can fit all of the Magic Kingdom, an entire amusement park, in this one attraction. Well, that's good, actually. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, because, like, listen, I think uh, we've 
we obviously had Rachel on and talked about how much uh, Disney cares about their animals. Um, but I think that's always going to be a concern with any type of like uh, zoo or sort of something along those lines where you're like, you're going to see wild animals. So to, to know that this is as large as it is, that makes me feel better about oh. what the safari is anyways. A hundred percent. I, when we talked to Rachel, which I think encouraged me to want to do this more, um, I do get really freaked out about animals at zoos and their well-being because obviously they're not choosing to be there. Right. Um, so learning more from her was awesome. And then getting to dive into this more. But I always did feel like the animals at uh, Kilimanjaro Safari and all of Animal Kingdom actually because there's plenty of spots to see other animals. They always look healthy and happy and like they have plenty of space. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's a thing that we'll, we'll get into a little bit more, but all the extra efforts that Disney goes to to make sure that it remains that way. So uh, tell me about it. How did, how did this come about? Well, this story started like so many before. Uh, <laughs> actually, um, we got some of our favorite names involved here. Great. We got Walt Disney. <laughs> that's one of them. Uh, have you heard of him? A big name. Okay, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, not a tr- there's no trains though. There is a GMC vehicle instead. Okay. Um, we have Joe Rody. Joe Rody of the uh, Everest, right? Yes. Yeah, Expedition Everest. He's you know he's like the cool uh, the, the the cool animal safari guy, which I guess makes sense. But he's always got like the earrings and stuff. Yes, he's, he has the yeah. earring. He's probably like. The person whose face comes to mind when they think of Disney Imagineering, he yeah. became, you know, the... If you don't think of, like... The classic... Gurr, Bob Gurr. Right. Uh, when you're thinking of, like, the newer... Yeah. The newer class, yeah. he kind of ran it. He was the creative director of, like, all of Animal Kingdom. So this is his baby. Sure. And last but certainly not least, but maybe a little least, we have Michael Eisner. What do you get when you put all these three uh, together in a room? Probably not much because Walt Disney is not with us, but uh, <laughs> but still the inspiration there. Um, very fun. Uh, all right. I'm excited to see where this goes. I was like, where are you going with this? Um, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we're actually, I'm kind of excited because we're going back all the way to our very first episode, Jungle Cruise. So this is where Walt's involved. Do you remember uh, when we were doing our Jungle Cruise episode and how badly Walt Disney wanted to do um, a jungle ride yeah. where we'd be going and seeing real animals? 100%. And, you know, he, he really wanted that experience. But unfortunately, uh, that the costs were insane. So that prohibited that at the time. They did make up with trying to get the right kind of plants in there and, and, and a different variety of those things. And so um, while they couldn't get animals, they did have animatronics and they had all that together. So like I can, yeah, that makes, I, I do remember that. Yeah. And they did have the animatronics instead. Also at the time, you know, knowing how much work goes into taking care of all these animals, there's just no way that they right. were going to be able to do that. Yeah. But jump over to the future. About 50 years later. Yep. Uh, Walt is uh, not with us at this time but michael eisner is in charge and at this time he is running the disney renaissance this is the thing that has come up in a lot of our episodes lately Mm -hmm. because a lot of we're just in a time period of michael eisner right now um and the success of his movies the success of yeah whatever else he was doing that was good one of them being hollywood studios he wanted more. Yeah. Because he had the movie studio copying Universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had an even bigger aquarium than SeaWorld. Sure. 
at Epcot. Got that. Got those two things beat. Yep. Uh, which is the aquarium um, Rachel was telling us. It was the biggest uh, until the Atlanta right. aquarium opened. Mm-hmm. And now Walt Disney World didn't have one thing at the start of the 90s that another theme park had. Bush Gardens in Tampa had a live land animal park with thrill rides. That's pretty exciting. Did you ever go to Bush Gardens? I have not been to the one in Tampa. Mm. I've been to the one in Williamsburg a lot. Mm. I, I, I don't, I've never been to one. What, what oh, is that like? Oh, they're great theme parks. Yeah. They're very, very well done. I think they're owned by Anheuser-Busch. Nice. All right, um, cool. I'm and, in. But they're really, really good, beautiful theme parks, very uh, clean. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like an, it's an in-between of Six Flags and a Disney. Gotcha. The pay the attention to detail is not quite as Disney. It has more roller coaster roller coasters, mm-hmm. but way better than like a Six Flags theming and stuff. I see. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. They're very good parks. Um, so obviously, I again picture the like, uh, is it Violet from Willy Wonka? The, I want it now, Daddy. Yes, that sounds right. So Michael Eisner is having his I want it now, Daddy moment, and he's like, I want this park. And Joe Rody who is so creative and this passionate genius, he, you know, caught wind of this because by this time, it's the late 80s, you know, early 90s, and none of the Imagineers wanted this project. They were just like, you know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be a viable project. We want to work on something that's like really going to like make a difference. Like it's going to get done. If you remember back to uh, my birthday episode... Uh, alien expedition there was like a whole fleet of young imagineers that are like we really want to make this happen um so i like to think that they were like we're, we we don't want to do the animal kingdom kilimanjaro safari we really believe in alien expedition there, or alien extraterrestrial encounter extraterrestrial yeah, yeah, um yeah they that's really funny to yeah. think about yeah they're like mm, yeah this is this really scary alien themed ride is going to be successful this whatever you guys are working on with animals <clears throat> nobody likes animals um so joe rody though this excited him. Joe Rody wanted this job. This was right up his alley. He really believed in it. And he he was going to campaign. Because he was, you know, he was a mid-level at Imagineer at this time. Yeah. He hadn't become the name that we all know. So uh, in order to make sure he got that job, one of his earlier encounters with CEO Michael Eisner, um, Joe Rody brought a friend in to sell. Okay. Uh, and that friend was a white Bengal tiger. Are you serious? How did he bring a tiger? I don't know. Like, who has access to a tiger? I don't know, but apparently Joe Rody did. I mean, what was uh, Tiger King's name? Oof. Joe something? Uh, Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. So it's all Joes. All All Joes Joes and tigers. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what, what, What could have been for Joe Exotic? It could have been lions, tigers, and joes. Oh yeah. my! Um, yeah, he, that's wild. He so did that, did that make it work? Did that seal the deal? As you know, it did. It okay. sold the deal. I'm sure anything like fun and flashy, Michael Eisner's like, ooh, okay. Oh, that's probably true. Um, so we trusted him, and uh, this is. I'm gonna read this the way that I think people want to portray it, but I have like. I like, like it better this way, but I also have my opinion. Okay. Um, so as usual, the rising cast member had a vision. He knew that Eisner wanted to bring to life one of Walt Disney's earliest dreams. 
I think that's a really romantic way of saying that he wanted to beat Bush Gardens. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm doing it for Walt. I, when he's like, you know, he was a movie studio exec. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't come in um, as part of the Walt family. Yeah. Um, so Joe Rohde uh, was going to oversee all of the creation, obviously, to Animal Kingdom, but also the safaris. So I think it's pretty cool that uh, in July of 1990, mm-hmm. he and the other Imagineers on the team went to Kenya and Tanzania to study the wildlife there. Cool. I mean, that seems like that's kind of in uh, in line with what he likes to do. It's like, if we're going to really do something, let's get out there and actually feel like what it's like. I think that was with um, Expedition Everest. They also went to Tibet, right? So mm-hmm. like, let's, let's not just look at the Google image searches. Um, let's actually get there and see what it feels like. I think that the reason he is such an iconic Imagineer, and I am excited to dive in deeper on him one day, mm-hmm. is because of his passion for learning and and how I believe learning should be done. I'm very much so on this team of like, it's not about the numbers. It's not about uh, standardized tests. It's about getting out there and truly like see, touch, feel, experience, live. Like immersion. Yeah, and because that's how he could bring this to life. That's why this park is so detailed. And this is a perfect example of it. So they they went over, and um, their trip was great. It was able to figure out how do we showcase these animals. And though they decided they needed a little bit of a story mm. to go along with this attraction. So it's not just a zoo. It's like an actual attraction. That's yeah. the idea. Yeah. And Michael Eisner demanded demanded uh, that Disney's Animal Kingdom should promote the idea of conservation, which is great. Nice job. Nice job, Mike. Good job, Michael Eisner. Yeah. Um, And so they decided uh, that the ride was going to have something to do with that. They also, in order to avoid any kind of political problems, the Imagineers set the safari in a fictional village called Harambe. Harambe stands for working together for freedom. It also... Was that gorilla from a couple of years ago? I know. I knew you were going to say that. I had to. You it's it's what the listeners are thinking, Kelly. <laughs> Harambe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When now, like, there's you can buy a bunch of like Harambe stuff mm-hmm. in the Harambe area of Animal Kingdom, and so you better believe my brother bought like a mug. Yeah. When we were there well, after fun. that had happened. Yeah. When as I was reading through this, I was like, oh, that's a funny thing. <laughs> I know. It's just taking a different meaning. But that's cool. It, it makes sense. They wanted to, you know, avoid any, like, geopolitical um, statements as to where it might be. And so they're like, we're just going to we're gonna make up our own village. And um, everything there is accurate because it's our own village. Exactly. So. It's They made it up. Um, it's supposed to be like a real village outside of Eastern Africa. Um, it was served to, as a gateway for guests to the African savanna. Sure. And there's so many details when we get to the queue and stuff. I'll go into some of those because I mm-hmm. think it's really cool. Um, but at this point, blah, 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 we're in the future. There's a lot of years went into this. Um, so in order to get the environment right for these animals and make it really feel um, appropriate, because you got to take care of them, yeah. the Disney planters were asked for two growing seasons prior to the animals' arrival. So with that... The, the planters had to start planting the spring of 1996, which is crazy to think that, you know, they're having to go all around the country to find these plants to fit the savanna. Yeah, I which think, is pretty interesting, too, to think about, like, that's in Florida. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they were like, we can recreate at least close enough 
um, this uh, atmosphere and this environment um, in Florida. In Florida. I did read somewhere that um, the acai trees, which are, I guess, common in this area of Africa that the savanna is based on, um, instead of having those, and they look like, like tall trees, but the tops of them look chopped off or something. Hmm. So they kind of just like took some trees that were native to Florida mm-hmm. and chopped the top off. So it looks like these trees. And it, it said it does not bother the giraffes. The giraffes still like those trees too. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I'm looking for the Yelp page uh, on those from trees giraffe. from the giraffes. <laughs> um, so once the this area is going to be ready, you have to think, okay, Animal Kingdom is the largest park yeah total um it's 500 acres that's a lot of acres which is wild and then it's very separate if you look at um if you have the app and you're looking at all of the different uh theme the theme parks it's like over by itself on the left gotcha it's just kind of in its own area which of course is good because it's to protect the animals yeah and make sure that they are comfortable have plenty of space are away from too many of the loud noises um so they had to get animals. Yeah, I can't have an animal kingdom without animals. Yeah. I mean, we tried that once already. That's called Jungle Cruise. And, uh, <laughs> so and let's it didn't get go some on. actual animals here. Disney decided to acquire animals from different parks instead of their natural habitat. So different zoos or um, a reputable breeder, uh, which I'm like, I don't know what people breed. Is that legal anywhere? Maybe. Well, I, I mean, know. it has to be to, like, I guess, repopulate certain wild animals yeah i mean i would assume so i i don't know i'm not well versed in all that but i do like that they were like instead of you know going and just taking them from africa right let's let's find let's find a a a way to get animals in here that we're not pulling from their natural environment very much so agree i also was like uh if i was one of these animals I'm going to get to a little later, so a little bit of spoiler alert here. But, like, the lions came from the Oregon Zoo. Yeah. And, like, I, I think that would be, like, a cush place to go. Like, the big Disney park. Yeah. Versus, like, an Oregon Zoo. Yeah. I don't know. Who I also have to... never been to the Oregon Zoo. It could be lovely. It could be. It could be. Uh, but, no, I mean, like, if I'm given the choice, um, I feel like I'm probably going to gonna opt to be in the, in the Disney Zoo. I say that now, but, like, in, you know, 20 years... We might be given the option of Amazon zoos or Disney zoos. I don't know which one I'm going to want to be in. I wouldn't trust Amazon. I don't know if I would trust any zoo that has humans as a part of the exhibit. Oh, but we'll see. Oh, you think will be? That was a... Oh. It was very dystopian. Ooh. Ooh, I don't like that. Me neither. I thought you were saying, like, Amazon has and so it much just money. just be for Jeff Bezos to walk around and look at people. <laughs> like, hmm. Oh, yes, I remember when. <laughs> He's not running Amazon anymore. Yeah. That's true. He's so, just trying to get to space. He's just trying to get to space. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like back to the mammals. So now there's animals in the park. We got animals. We got and then we got, we got trees. We got plants. What else could we need? And we even have, this is one thing I didn't put in the notes. This is a little surprise for Will. Um, there's, they used special... Like, they put con- wet concrete down on the floor so that there was all this trek. So when you're going on, it's, like, really bumpy and feels like it's been there forever. Oh, cool. Concrete. Cool. <laughs> Neat. 
I like that you say that that's a surprise for me. Like I actually <laughs> read our research before we jump on the oh, podcast. This is true. He like highlights a couple things. He's like, some of it will be like, oh, I'm, I didn't know that. That some is like a couple, yeah. like couple things. I pick out a couple that I'm like, I those are very cool. Let's talk about them. <laughs> the rest, I will, be, I'll be new to me on the podcast. <laughs> um, so then uh, we have the animals, like I said, and the environment for these animals was very, very crucial because the whole idea is it's this open savanna. Um, we want the animals not to be in a zoo type situation where they feel isolated or contained. So in order to do that, they had to figure out how to keep the animals in certain areas and how much space the animals needed to roam around. And so a lot of moats and water features and electric fences and, uh, and wires and chains uh, are placed on the ground in order to keep animals in their area. So like if you're on the safari, when you kind of go from area to area, because it's all themed a little different, oh. you do, you go over these like, like it's like these big chains. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the electric fences, obviously, but um, I'm sure. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say that I know better than any zookeepers. Or I mean, people have them for there. their dogs. Right, for sure. It's like a pretty common. But what I was going to say is that I do like that a lot of what they tried to do was find ways to sort of positive reinforce uh, the animals to certain areas, which, like, which we'll, I think you'll probably talk about next, but like including like natural things where it's like oh we'll put more shade over here so you can so this would be a place where you'd want to hang out or we have a little uh, river over here so you'll want to be over in this area so it's encouraging them with good things versus discouraging them with bad exactly and they encouraged them even more actually in order to because the the space for each animal is really good size like yeah. way bigger than a lot of zoos that i've seen which is partially why it makes me happy um, so in order to keep them in more of a visual line for the guests, they also did a bunch of little tricks. So they hid food, um, air conditioned rocks, cooling and warming waters, cool breezes to keep the animals where they are. Uh, this is one of the, when I said spoiler alert, spoiler alert about the lions, so the lions came from the Oregon Zoo and had a lot of trouble adjusting to Florida's heat. And so the animals would want to retreat and like go hide in the shade. So to fix that problem, the Imagineers installed air conditioning systems all around the lions and then made the rocks cool oh, that's for neat. them to lay on. We should get some cool air conditioned rocks in this uh, recording studio. Oh my God, should we? <laughs> we're, we're, uh, like we said on our last episode, we are working on our studio, and right now it's kind of like a sauna. A little bit. It's a little, little bit. warm. We but want it to feel good. like we're in Africa slash Florida. It's good for the skin. Yeah, there you go. That's cool. I like that they, they use the technology that they, that they have. You know, oftentimes we hear about the innovation that uh, Disney puts towards their attractions and how it, like, um, set the... Uh, set the standard for certain theme park rides or, you know, we Tower of Terror, we hear they, they, they pull the pull it down so it goes faster than gravity, and that's pretty cool. But I like that they're taking that same technological approach to making cooling rocks for the lions to have a nice climate to hang out in. I know. That makes me happy too. I also think, so in order to keep us safe and to keep the animals safe from other animals, like obviously – a lion is, did you, you might not know this, but they're predators. Yeah, that's why. Oh, you are a lion. I yeah, forgot you should know this. I was to say that. I was like, I don't want to say I'm a predator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm leaving Ooh. it in. Ooh, yikes. Okay. So, um, so in order to make sure that the, you know, lions are uh -huh. not attacking people yeah. or other animals, there's actually an eight, 
18 foot deep and 21 foot wide moat separating the lions from other animals and stuff. And there's actually moats and stuff hidden all around the safari that we can't see. It's out of our visual. That's very cool. Have you have you seen the lions when you've gone on this? Oh, yeah, of course. That's cool. The lions are awesome. Neat. What's really cool... Oh, I'm going to make you wait. I'm going to okay. make you wait. Um, so everything is in place. The Kilimanjaro Safari. Um, the, i got to give you the numbers because it's wild. I, it's been a while since I got to give you some numbers, right? 1.5 million cubic yards of dirt, 2.3 million plants, trees, and bushes throughout the savanna. Do you think that includes blades of grass? No. That's so many plants. That's so many plants. The other really, really big important part of this is the back houses. So all the stuff that when the animals are not on stage, right. where we see them out on the savanna and stuff, there is a huge backstage area where the animals are taken care of, they're researched, you know, if you know they need time to be back there, whatever it might be, climate. To be off duty. To be off duty. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I wonder I mean, that's what their pay rate is. <laughs> uh i would love to see that i think that would be a really cool thing to see the 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 backstage area super cool i really enjoyed learning about that part with rachel yeah 100 if you guys haven't listened to our episode where we interviewed rachel figueroa uh talking about working with the animals go check it out it was really fun um so you ready for this animal kingdom is open awesome it's open we don't even have a story yet i know it's earth day april 22nd 1998 and it is the fourth most visited theme park in america did you go on the opening day not opening day but we did go within the first year Mm -hmm. and i remember it was very cool but there wasn't a lot of attractions yet yeah um and i was young and i don't think i appreciated it that's fair. Because I was very young. Yeah. Like I said, I think I did go and I think I went on the uh, safari um, because of the story, which we will get to. Um, but I don't think I, I probably didn't super appreciate it either. Yeah, I feel there's kids a lot the of. Kids are the worst. Kids are the I'm just kidding. No, kids are amazing and adorable and great. But yeah, we don't like, you know, you don't know. Yeah. And you're kind of just taking in like the colors and what's going on around you. It's yeah. hard to know. Like this is unique experience seeing exactly. animals like this. And I also think honestly... Since I've been able to go on this safari for so long, like as a kid, because I'm very lucky and my parents took me to Disney, I kind of thought all zoos and sure. animal attractions were like this. And then when I'd go to other zoos, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sad. Yeah. And I didn't like it. Yeah, well, that's too bad. I know. Um, when the park opened, obviously this attraction was a huge hit. I mean, it's a cool safari with a story. Um can I tell you about that story? Because it's changed a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so far we've covered the uh, the environment. We've covered the animals. We've covered how, how they're taken care of. But obviously this is an attraction. So let's get the let's get to the attraction side of things. Um, what, what, what's it really look like? So the original story, it has changed. So we're going to go back in time a little. Right. Um, so the ride originally was that you were about to go on a two-week safari. Uh, oh, yeah. Tourists? We're... Oh my God, we're tourists! Always. We are tourists. Great. So we are tourists and we are getting on Simba One. And we're going through the Harambe Wildlife Reserve in Harambe, East Africa. Great. And we're going to travel through uh, a bunch of different terrains. So we're going to go through the Ituri Forest, the wetlands of the Safi River Valley, and the open bush country of the Serengeti Savannah. Very cool. Yes. And so. What a great trip we planned. 
we did a really good job and it required zero effort outside of waiting in line. Yeah. Um, so we're going on this safari, though there's tons of warning signs throughout Harambe of poachers. Ooh. Not that, good. Yeah. Uh-uh. Don't like those. And uh, while we're on our safari, we also have to look out because there is a poached elephant mother and her orphaned elephant calf. So the mama is Big Red, and we have Little Red Baby Red as the little orphaned calf, and very, like, sad Bambi situation. Yeah, I, I like to think, like, I guess I'm, you know, sometimes it's reassuring to know that your expectations of the world are um, correct, and, you know, I, I for a while on this podcast, I've started to realize that Michael Eisner is not great at his job, and and you know for whatever reason, uh, this story is this is not a, that's not the attraction I want to be on that storyline, and so I'm I'm going to attribute it to him, and I, that that feels better because <laughs> otherwise I'd be like this is an amazing ride, great job, Mike. Well, I mean, you they wanted to make this story about yeah. it, and I understand wanting to talk about some kind of conservation, and poaching is True. horrific and terrible not and something stuff. that's really bad, you know, and these. These uh, rich people who go to Africa and go trophy hunting. Yeah. Not cool. Really sad. I, I'm not really like a hunting person. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, I get, I just cry at everything. So yeah, I can see, I can see then how they, they would get to the idea of let's make this a, a thing where we're, we, we raise awareness around poaching. And this actually is the thing that made me be like, I feel like I remember going on this as a kid because I feel like specifically thing. I remember at some point chasing down poachers. And I certainly yeah. have never done that in my life. <laughs> so Well, and so you're seeing real live animals around you and they like kind of are talking about them. But really it's like, here's a crocodile. Err! And then we're going, but instead of describing the crocodile... Um, there's like this rickety old bridge that you go over that literally feels like you're going to fall into the alligator pit. It like tilts to the side. Scary. I remember being horrified as yeah. a child. Like uh-huh. actually terrified. Yeah. Um, and then you speed over it because you're now chasing the poachers and um, the warren like comes over and is informing the rider, the riders that like the poachers have been are being chased into a trap. Like, thank you. And you kind of see like a, there's a plane and boxes of things and you see like the ivory tusks so you know like it's not good you know but we at least were able to catch these poachers and then um you see that baby red the calf has been rescued and is safe in the truck well that's great it's also not <laughs> look uh, it is it is great i think it's it, it's interesting uh, because i do feel like that is not a bad storyline like i think that that's a that's a fine ride it's a fine attraction concept but i don't think it meshes well with the um, nature park slash zoo sort of thing where like that is enough right i mean that it but i understand them wanting to go above and beyond because they're disney and i yeah. like the teaching aspect but I it is too. hard to skip over all these really cool animals and go and you know and focus on this is like a you know a thrill ride yeah it feels like they yeah 100 percent. yeah it feels like they are taking the focus off of the animals and putting it onto like the bad humans and like that's Cool. I like the idea. Let's. Let, everyone should know that he, those people are bad people. But also, when am I going to get a chance to actually see a lion? I would rather be like not worried as much about the poachers that are not real and thinking about and looking at the cool lion that is real. Totally, I agree with you. Um, I I wanted when we were in Disney World, um, we were in the land and there was an attraction. It used to be like a like. Circle of Life with Timon and Pumbaa, and it talked about conservation and energy and, you know, taking care of the planet. 
And I'm pretty sure that the new one is called Life is Awesome. Give me like five seconds because this is... Five, four, three, two, one. Awesome Planet. Okay. I was actually... Uh, that was not a... I was going to fake edit it if you didn't get it done in five seconds. But I, I did that it. Was, uh, that was all real time, guys. So uh, it's called Awesome Planet. And it's hosted by Phil Dumphy, or the actor who played Phil Dumphy gotcha. from Modern Family. Uh-huh. I was like, why did why Disney did you do this? Like, it's just really sad. Yeah. Like, it is, you know, it's about global warming and it's important information. But I liked the the Lion King one made it like a little like educational, but with fun characters. So I was like, I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. Where this was just like sad yeah. and like just a lot of B-roll footage of the planet being sad. Like, with Phil Dumpy, who I'm like, I don't want to listen to your voice. Tell me about how sad the planet is. Yeah. Well, but I mean, maybe uh, maybe we should be paying more attention to how sad the planet is. Oh, no. We should. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's yeah. like a for real thing. Yeah, yeah. I just, it was funny that no, it I used to be that. like the Lion King. For sure. Um, um, but, so, okay, so that was the way that the so story it was. went. Actually, it gets, it's a little worse. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so, originally, prior to the park's opening, the storyline for the ride included a fake and gruesome elephant corpse. That was made to look like it had been killed by the poachers. That's terrible. Yes. Uh, the focus groups that wrote this, it, it did not test well. Well, that's good. Uh, shout out to focus groups. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that is so sad. That's awful. Yeah, really terrible. So um, that part did get cut. Um, and there apparently was a part where like there was a a water feature for the animals to drink out of that mm-hmm. like was like looks like a carcass and mm-hmm. guests complained about that too and it was like what and they're like it's not real and they're like we don't yeah that's just fine that's fine we don't I'm, need to see it i'm glad to know that but still okay well so they they removed that stuff did they did they end up removing the poachers storyline because I, I i legitimately don't know yes so okay. um i'll kind of go through a little bit of the changes over the years so like i said in 1998 uh, is when the park opened, mm-hmm. and usually it would it always closed at sundown. It, the whole park, not just the safari. Sure. Or actually, the safari would close a little bit earlier yeah. than the rest of the park. So, like, let's say it would close at like five, mm-hmm. and then the park might close at eight. Gotcha. Um, however, during the holiday season in 1998, the safari would continue to be open, and it was called Kilimanjaro Night Safari. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> um, and so. A lot of the animals were asleep at this time, or you like weren't able to see them, but the attraction had a completely different story, like a completely different thing. So they added some like animal sounds, and uh, they added like reflectors behind some plants and stuff, so it looked like the animals' eyeballs were looking at you. Oh, Ooh. that sounds fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not fake. They had an actual African dance group. Um, that would perform around a bonfire in an area that was usually where the elephants were huh. and dance uh, as part of the safari. Okay. Um, but it was only during the holiday season, and then it on it got cut pretty quickly because it was expensive, and um, it was hard to see the animals at night at that time. So they ended up not continuing that. Um, That's interesting. And yeah. like, um, hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I never saw it, so I don't know what to No, think. I get that. I get that. I, I, I feel like if I was given the opportunity to go on, I'd be like, yes, I want to go on it because this sounds... Interesting? It sounds interesting, but it also sounds like uh, kind of weird. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, again, what I want to see are the cool animals. Um, and they're like, you know what? 
it's okay. We don't need the cool animals. We have a dance troupe. We have a dance troupe. Which we have a cool little, dance troupe. Sure. We have glowing eyes behind trees. I mean, in, interesting, I feel like is the right word. Um, I would not want to go on it more than once. Yeah, I could see that. Um, where you might disagree with what you said in a little later. We're not, we're not quite there yet. Okay. We're in 2007, 2008-ish sure. now, um, where the trucks that were these GMC trucks that were kind of like gutted, remodeled in order to look like these safari trucks that yeah. were, and these safari trucks were based on stuff that Joe Rody saw mm-hmm. in Africa. They extended it an extra row, allowing for more, uh, capacity. And at this time, we're kind of starting to get rid of the poacher story. So Wilson, it'd be like Simba One was our truck, and Wilson would be talk. Wilson, Wilson and Jobson were the like main characters of this ride. Okay, I was we're wondering kind of, where that name came from. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have said that yeah, earlier. Whoops. Um, yeah, Wilson and Jobson uh, were the leaders of the safari slash trying to get rid of the poachers, and so they're the ones who were radioing in mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And um, that started, the storyline kept like a little more was taken out, a little bit more was taken out. So less of our little red story and more us talking about um, the reserve itself and how we need to find a lost elephant. So less poachers, oh. still looking for elephant. So it kept the same general concept. And, that, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, that, that releases the stress and encourages me to look around and see if I can find the elephant. That's right. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, so yes, we're eventually, we're looking, the mother lost her baby and, um, don't worry by the end we find out they were together the whole time and we're safe. Thank goodness. Happier (laughs) storyline. So I like that. Um, and also, so keep going, uh, in July, 2010, it was announced that they were going to be able to go on guided treks through the Savannah, the thing that Rachel was telling us about. Right. That she would go on, Uh which I I just think that would be super cool. That sounds very cool. To get a little more close and personal with the animals, um, get to learn more about them, more facts. And I think that'd be really cool. Um, and then in February 10th, 2012, it was announced that the little red portion of the story was going to be replaced with a zebra exhibit that opened in the fall of 2012. So at this point, we've really gotten rid of the poacher story, the little red story, and we're really focusing on our live animals. Oh, good, I like that. That is, that's the version of the ride that I want to see. Um, I mean, it's in- interesting. I like that they tried uh, the other stuff, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that if I go on this, it will be this version of it where I can see the, the live animals, especially like zebras. Zebras are, uh, it, they're cool, right? Oh my God, there's a zebra controversy. Okay. Do you want it now or? Yeah, give it to me now. I was expecting, is it like, yeah, wait, are they white horses with black lines or, or black horses with white lines? Is that what the <laughs> controversy is? No, apparently um, the zebras had like been in the backstage area, but that the like a zebra enclosure hadn't been built um because that's where the little the baby red story was so once the enclosure was built um like there were zebras for a little bit but then after a few months guests started seeing attics which are antelope with spiral really tall um horns yeah yeah yeah. i think those are the ones that um that rachel talked about like that one of them would put it's like horns in like the bushes oh, yeah, yeah, and look yeah. like he's wearing a hat yes yeah they're really cool looking um, but they were seeing those in the zebra habitat instead, and apparently the zebras were not settling in well with each other. Ooh, they were not okay. getting along, uh-huh. and they were also that the zebras would block the rides a lot and be fighting. Well, that's funny. <laughs> Shout out to zebras. <laughs> yeah, I know they're having. They weren't getting along very well. Um, 
an animal though that is in the parks and it's pretty much one of the first animals you'll see on the safari is uh, a copy and a, apparently it's rare to see but I swear to god I see him every time I go um, and he's kind of on the left hand side and he looks like a horse wearing zebra pants they're they're really cool looking and you'd think they're related to the zebras because they're wearing zebra pants yeah. but they're actually related to the giraffe oh that's neat. And they're like short though, like a little horse. Actually, I do think I remember seeing because um, I tried to watch. Yeah, well, not from my not from my childhood, but I did try to watch um, the safari uh, on YouTube, like I usually try to do. And uh, I think I saw that was one of the animals that I saw. I saw that, and I saw a crocodile, and I also stopped paying attention about halfway through. So no, that's so it's so neat. Well, I think I I, I do think that this is one that's like okay for one. Uh, if I'm gonna do like rock and roller coaster, that's a good six minute video. This was a 24 minute video because okay. it's through the whole thing. And also, I think that it's better to see these things you in, know, person. in person. Because yeah. whoever's working the camera on their phone, it's like if I wanted to watch a nature thing, I could go and watch like a cool nature thing. True. Um, but but I did see that. I saw zebra pants. You saw zebra pants. Okay. Yep. Well, then you saw the, the okapi. There we go. Um, yeah, apparently the zebras are still there. Um, they, it's just not always they're working it out. I'm not gotcha. sure. You well, know. is the uh, night safari still there? Well, oh, so this is what I was so excited to tell you. So in 2016, they added at nighttime, they would add uh, like a night safari situation. So it's all, everything's kind of lit with an orange glow as if it's sunset. Okay. And um, I loved it. Well, one, the park started staying open later because of uh, Pandora. Oh, okay, sure. So that's really why the Avatar area. Because mm -hmm. at night, it's, God, it's the coolest place. It's just. Do I need to have seen Avatar before going to that? No, not at all. Shh, would it be better if I did? I don't know. I haven't seen Avatar since it came out, so, <laughs> okay, and I don't okay. care. Okay, but it's cool. like the coolest area. Good to know. But, um, so they made the safari open later, and it's so neat because a lot of these animals, one, are nocturnal. Or they're more active in the night because it's not as hot. Yeah. You're not going to get every animal. Sure. But I felt like I got to see, it's not great for videos and pictures, but the experience itself, I felt like you see animals running, like oh, way more cool. active, lions roaring. Ooh. Yes. That sounds creepy. So not creepy. That sounds scary. It's really cool. Yeah. Usually, you know, they're kind of laying down or like maybe cleaning each other, but this was like, and like active. That's like, awesome. I saw the lion, the male lion roar. That's cool. Yes. Nice. That's a very cool thing to have experienced. Yeah. I okay. think. Um, and that, is that still going? Yes. Like, I mean, obviously. Well, we'll... technically not right now because of COVID. Right. So the park closes earlier. Right. But in theory, once it, once restrictions are lifted, they, the plan would be to bring it back. At least that's what we think. Hopefully it'll be open later terrible again. terrible decisions that JPEG is making. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really hope so. It's... Yeah, you know, I mean, like, let's not get uh, derailed too much, but it feels like JPEG's coming from Michael Eisner's crown. Oh, of, I think like, he already took it. Honestly, I, I, my bit, you know, Walt Loves Trains, that's going to uh -huh. probably end up being the name of our podcast when we eventually get in trouble for calling it Slice of Disney. Uh -huh. And then... Um, Michael Eisner Michael loved Eisner, his son, Brant. And, yes, and he's a Breck. Breck. Loved his son, Breck. Yes. Uh, Michael Eisner loved his child, and Chapek loves money. Yeah, there you go. So I actually prefer, I, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I definitely would prefer Eisner yeah, over me too. Bob Chapek. He, he, at least he made 
um, risky decision. He made he made some bad decisions, but oh, he he swung. Bob you know? Chapek also made a risky decision by buying a seven million dollar home <laughs> during a pandemic when he had to fire most of the people that work under him. All right, we are <laughs> off the rails. Uh, it's Soops, important. Oops, it's oh, important oh. to do it from time to time. What? No. But let's get back to it. I the animals like I loved the nighttime. Yeah. That's something I was bummed that this past time because the park is open till like it was like eight or seven or eight. And at that time, the sun is still out, so you're missing some mm-hmm. of that, like, true... It's still a great time to go late on the safari. Yeah. Okay, I think that the safari, its last run is usually at least 30 minutes before the park closes, for obvious reasons. It's a long ride. Um, such a cool experience, and I highly recommend trying it if you've never done the night safari once it comes back. Cool. That sounds fun. I mean, I yeah, I, that, that seems like the one that if I could pick, I would probably go with that. Something else at night that I should mention that we, I meant to kind of mention a little earlier, but I wanted to make sure we talked about, is the back house part. Okay. Because uh, Rachel, yeah. you know, she talked about how they're really well taken care of. And there's so many animals actually that we don't see. She's talking about the birds and how they'd have to separate, you know, some of these birds mm-hmm. when they got old enough. So um, at night, they don't really sleep on the savannah. Okay. They do the have quote their, unquote savanna. Yes, the quote unquote yeah. savanna. Um, they sleep in these their in- enclosures and kind of taking a break. And one of the ways I think this is really cool that they do it. They have all different depending on the species. They have different ways of bringing them in. I'm sure like the gators stay, the crocodiles. Like I'm well, sure they maybe. I don't know. But some of the ways that they bring in animals is by sound. <laughs> so they've taught these animals different sounds. And so some of the ways they call them in are bells or whistles, drums, and, and more. So That's cool. I thought that was very cool. I like that they have their own little like uh, offstage area, their green rooms where they can go and relax. And, I, yes. Yeah, yeah. And make sure that they're healthy mm-hmm. and all that. Um, they actually even have a lot of the feed for the animals. Um, it's from an eight-acre browse farm that grows hibiscus, mulberries, and more. Okay. So the gorillas, the giraffes, bam- uh, baboons, elephants, they all eat from this, like, farm they have just for the animals that's cool so much hidden back there that we don't see yeah i mean i do think like you know uh, interestingly enough you give me the option of doing like a thrill ride sort of poacher chase or like exploring the back area where they actually take the animal care of the animals i'm gonna go to the back area every time (gasps) me too yeah i feel like that's so cool i think living with the land is the like the plant attraction um at epcot and though it's like dated I still love the fact that I'm like, ooh, like, this is how you grow plants. And they're like, <laughs> we're doing all this stuff. I feel like it, maybe, you know, doing some of these extra, like, safari things here yeah. does sound really cool. Seeing a little bit more of the behind the scenes and how much is really going behind the scenes makes yeah. me feel more confident that these animals are taken you know, very good care of. Absolutely. That's, that's, I think that's the reason I'd want to see it is like, I want to make sh- not, I want to make sure because I don't know, but like, I think it just would be cool to see and learn. Oh, this is how you have to take care of this. And this is, and, uh, you can rest assured that these animals are being taken care of as well as possible. Exactly. One of the thing, you know, for the most part, it's going to be that you see animals. There is one, there's like one tree they really focus on. It's like an upside down tree Ooh. and it drinks, a lot of water or doesn't drink a lot of water during the year like just has like one big gulp and then it's good that's pretty cool um yeah it's it's pretty cool um it's huge its trunk is like ginormous but uh let me tell you about some of the animals you might see okay what you got i I guess i mean i feel like we've we've touched on a couple of them so like what what all can we expect i have not looked at this list yet oh okay this is kind of exciting 
So uh, the beginning part is going to be the African forest. You're going to see black rhinos, bongos. Uh, you're going to see the a copy I told you about, a pink-backed pelican. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a northern pintail, which I don't know what that is, uh, a helmeted guinea fowl. There's even more than what I'm going to name that you have the chance to see. I'm and sure. when, when you're on the attraction, there's a, a picture guide. Oh, that's to good. To kind of help that's you. That's helpful. Just like in like the subways in uh, New York. It, yeah, those are more advertisements. Uh, yeah, that's not really going to help you at all. It might Unless help you're... if I'm looking for a place to get a burger. No, it's more like, are you in an, do you need an injury attorney? <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> I get injured, Kelly, and I need an injury attorney. Well, if you're. I need you're... to call TJ, make him pay. <laughs> um, well, you might get injured if you go to the Savannah West, because in this section, we have hyenas, Wild Painted Dogs, the Grant's Zebra, the Greater Kadu, the Greater Flamingo, Ooh, uh, which... That sounds cool. I want to see Flamingo. I was going to say a little spoiler alert for you. There's one really big hidden Mickey on this attraction. Make sure you pay attention to the islands that all the flamingos are on because it's a big hidden Mickey. Like a classic? Uh-huh. It's a nice. classic Mickey. That's cool. All right. Um, you're going to see gazelles, impalas... Uh, hippopotamus, a Nile crocodile, and a Nile hippopotamus. We got all of the mean animals in one spot. I like that. Um, uh, you you get the you get the sable antelopes, the white bearded wildebeest, which it's really cool if you catch them at the right time running around. And of course, you have your giraffe. Your reticulated giraffe. Yes. I don't even know what that means, but I saw it on the notes, and I wanted to say reticulated because it looks like a fun word to say. And let me tell you, it was. <laughs> I like, you know, the giraffes are, it's always so cool to see a giraffe because they're such yeah. confusing animals. It yeah. looks like a child gave God a funny painting and he's like, yeah, I'll make that animal. It's like, yeah, you get one, Jesus. Yeah. And, and so that's what it looks like. But uh, I, it's cool too because like the guides, obviously, there's a somewhat of a script, but every single time it's going to be extremely different depending on who your guide is, their knowledge, and what animals are out. So course, like yeah. the last time we were on it, um, the giraffe, like there was some giraffe sitting, and that's really rare to see because oh. it's so hard for a giraffe to get back up. Mm. So, you know, and they always have to be on alert if they need to run. Yeah. And so um, to see them resting in that way. That's cool. Do the, cool. Uh, do the um, guides make jokes like they do, like the skippers do? Some, but probably not the same, like yeah. stand-up routine because there's quite more as information. Corny. Yeah, not quite as corny, but a little bit corny. So when, like another animal that I think is super cool in this area, I, I'm going to, might be butchering how you say this, but the ankle uh cattle. What's that one? I don't, I can't so picture it. It looks like a, it's like a huge, like a cow. It looks like a cow, but its horns are absolutely massive, like four feet. Oh. And, and they're, they're really, really big. And you might think they're really heavy, but they're not. They're hollow. Oh, that's cool. And it helps. Uh, Seems it, fragile. Yeah, it, they're. I mean, I don't think it's fragile, but they they have their veins in it to help cool them down. Like that's oh, how they cool neat. themselves down. So I always like things like that. That's not a typical lion, tiger, bear, giraffe, elephant. Right. So it's cool that. Oh, that's actually very wild. Yeah, to think you, about how that came comes about. Yeah. Yeah. You get to learn so much about animals that like when else am I going to see this? Or if I'm at a zoo, I might not take the time to pay attention to this really fascinating animal. Right. So I do think it's cool. Uh, so th that's the Savannah West. We got some of those cool animals, some of those big scary ones. Um, and then we have the Savannah East, 
where you're going to have the African elephant. Ooh, always so close awesome. to the elephant. I would love to see an elephant. Um, you have the African lion. Ooh, that's the, me. The lions definitely have a very pride rock uh, area. That's great. You have the cheetah, um, which I always feel like because the cheetah is usually laying down and harder mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. So the guides always take their time to make sure if he's out yeah. or if she's out, you get to see him. Um, you get to see ostriches. Um, uh, freaking love the ostrich. There's this ostrich. I am going to post a video. I swear to God, it's like think it milks every second that you stare at him. That's amazing. Oh my God. She's like, yes, girl, look at me. I love <laughs> Ostrich her. influencers. It is. It's an ostrich influencer. Um, you have an oryx, which is kind of like a, looks antelope-y. Mm-hmm. Um, warthogs. Gotta have your warthogs. And the white rhinoceros. I like that the, uh, I mean, I'm sure this is because this is how it um, is in in real life, that the black rhinoceros is in the African forest and the white rhinoceros is in Savannah East. Yes. So. And the black rhinoceros is more endangered, I think, than the white Interesting. rhinoceros. Um, yeah. And these are all things I've learned from being on the ride. That's very cool. So there are some animals, though, that you're still going to see that they're not going to point out and don't get upset with the with your uh, safari guide, um, you're going to see animals like ducks and irises and vultures. And uh, those are native to a place called Florida. <laughs> that so, makes sense. So, so we're not going to keep them out. They pro- they're probably also not going in when the uh, when the bells ring to the backstage area. Yeah, I think they're just living yeah. their life. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So, so the keen eye might notice these other types of animals, but um, I believe there's a few like Easter eggs and hidden Mickeys in this one. So what else might the keen eye notice? Yeah, so a lot of it is going to be actually in the queue or in Harambe itself. Okay. Um, so the whole area of Harambe is to kind of get you in the feel of this safari. So when you're going through, they do a great job making you feel like you are, could be in this little village mm-hmm. in Africa um, the with the walls and the, the buildings, uh, the architecture. And then there's going to be these posters everywhere. And... Um, they they make it feel really authentic. And you're going to kind of see some of the same signs everywhere. Or like outside the shop, there's wind chimes. And I'm like, who's buying wind chimes yeah. at Disney? Yeah. I wonder if anyone does buy them. Uh, you know, if you got to get them, you got to get them and you're there. Okay, true. Um, and so some of the uh, signs are foreshadowing. They still have like poacher signs and stuff up. Yeah. Um, and then one sign I love, um, it's this red sign um and it's called cap and bob and it's selling tours and it honestly looks a lot like joe roadie joe roadie swears it's not him okay but it looks kind of just like him love that Uh, another sign that is you're gonna see multiple times throughout harambe um it is selling masks and beads and it's spelled j-o-r-d-i which if you're saying that out loud is joe roadie (laughs) Great. So I'd like uh, to see if he was like, yeah, that one's not about me either. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just a coincidence. Just a hmm, random word. Just, uh, just punched the uh, keyboard a couple times. That's what came <laughs> out. Huh? I think it's fun, you know, seeing that this Imagineer has his his hands kind of all throughout this yeah. area. I mean, if, he, if there's going to be nods to him anywhere, it seems like this is the place to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one, though... Uh, it's such a random little Easter egg is when you're going through Harambe, there's going to be signs for the Kinga Balloon Company that promises a exotic ride in a hot air balloon over the savannah. Okay. And Sounds it, cool. It's kind of like the 
The picture has a yellow and orange balloon with the basket. And then when you're in line for the ride, the actual like queue for the Kilimanjaro Safari, if you look in the rafters, there's a like a hot air balloon basket and the balloon. Like like it they it got stuck. Like it got stuck. <laughs> Uh, that's weird. That doesn't even feel like a hidden Mickey as much as it's just like a weird choice for a set design. But hey, that's cool. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was I do, funny. No, I like it too. I think it is funny. Um, I'm just like, meh, there's not not a classic Mickey there. I guess, you know, the only big, big classic Mickey is going to be the Flamingo Island, which it's going to be kind of hard to see depending on the angle, but definitely look for it. Um, and all, obviously, like all those like little nods to... To our imaginary friends, those those count too. I but, those, yeah. I just like those because it it gets even geekier. Yeah, that way. One hundred percent. I mean, that's what got me the first time I went was uh, you and our friend Justin pointing out all like the cool stuff that I was like I never would have thought about that. Um, so yeah, I think that attention to detail definitely is uh, warranted. So uh, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Disney on Yelp. Oh, cool. Yeah, I found a Yelp for this one. I don't know why I always forget you're going to do this, but I always get excited that you're going to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad. I, I enjoyed doing it. Um, this one was actually, I, I, you know, I'll go ahead and give a shout out. There's 21 pages of reviews on this one and not that many bad reviews. Like, you know, I usually Yay. look for like a three star and there was only a handful and only one two star. So... People love this attraction. Oh, wow. I mean, it's hard not to. It's pretty amazing and incredible and something most of us will never get to experience outside of this. Most of us are not planning trips to Africa. It's So this is a, it really is a unique experience. Well, I can tell you one person that slightly disagreed with that statement. Oh, okay, okay. That is Erica C. from Waimi, Waimea, Hawaii. She has 156 friends on Yelp, 299 reviews, and 47 pictures. Okay. Erica says, okay. Jack Hanna was on the plane sitting in the same row on the other side of the aisle, period. That's all I have to say about that. I just thought it was appropriate to mention in my safari review. <laughs> all right, Erica. Uh, we have a great zoo in Chicago, which actually noted, she says Chicago here and her thing says she's from Hawaii, but regardless. Uh, one of the best in the nation, Brookfield Zoo. I spend on average 15 to 20 days a year there, so I feel very versed in exotic animals. The safari was good this time. If I had written the review last year, it would have gotten two stars. I guess your experience depends on whether your guide is good and if you get to see the animals. I think I would have been much more thrilled with this experience if I didn't have good old Brookfield Zoo in our backyard. One note, there's a theme of animal poaching in the safari. This can be difficult to explain to the preschool set. Oh. Three stars. <laughs> um, hey. You know, like I said, not a lot of negative reviews on this one. I think it's probably fair. Like, uh, it depends on the people you get and your experience and which animals are going to be coming out. Um, and they got rid of the, the, the poacher thing, so. Yes, they got rid of the poacher thing. I do think it would be difficult to explain that to a child. I also think that it is very true. Hey, you're, not every single experience is going to be incredible when you do it. Um, but there's plenty of other places to see animals too. Right next um, to the safari is the gorilla trek, which is really cool. You can see all kinds of, um, more than just the gorillas, it's a lot of animals. Um, and then if you go over into the Asia part, there's the tigers. There's, you know, animals just kind of all throughout. So, look, I... I highly recommend going no matter what. And if you don't have that, oh my God, that was the best ride ever, go on it again. 
That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like uh, it, you want to time this one right, which actually leads us into our normal ending questions. Um, where does this fit in your day? Do you do it every time you go? I do. I do do this every time I go. I think, like I said, the cooler parts of the day are always best. So like first thing in the morning, depending on the weather or the fall, is just going to be like pretty good no matter what. Um, or I prefer, I like either the sun sunset time. I think you're going to get some really cool animals. I like that. Um... The line is pretty consistent. It's always going to be 35 to an hour. I mean... Sometimes you might get lucky and it might be a little less, but it's you're going to have a line. That makes sense. And, and this one is actually the, the next question is going to be a little, a little. I'm interested in your response because I feel like it probably doesn't make as much sense with this attraction. Um, if you're on your way out of the parks, 10 minute wait to get on Kilimanjaro safaris. Uh, do you do you delay your exit to jump on? I would for sure. Even like towards the end of the park closing when it seems like the animals probably won't be out as much. I think the animals will be out because now the whole thing before uh, when they did the night thing is it wasn't lit properly. Sure. So you couldn't see anything. And, you know, I don't know what they were doing. Okay. Uh, And, you know, they would take some animals back. Yeah, I would definitely do it. Okay, cool. And then the last question, um, is there anything that you would change about this attraction? I have an idea. It does seem like it'd be tough um, to think of too many things to change because it seems like they did a pretty good job and it's really not our world of expertise. But I'm curious as to what you think uh, could improve the ride. I mean, my number one thing is that are the animals taken care of properly? Yes. So as long as they are, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Um, I love when they introduce new species and it's very exciting whenever they have a birth or some kind of, you know, actually helping um, with some kind of conservation efforts to help these animals in the wild and at the parks. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Gosh, what would I change? Honestly, the rows are kind of uh, small, and you get sweaty people rubbed up against you, and it's a very bumpy ride. Okay. And so, and you slide around. So I want less sweaty people near me. (laughs) So, and I want good pictures, you know? Yeah, okay. All right, that's interesting. I I, I like the... Uh, I like the sentiment there. Fewer people on the ride. I want it more. I want to make sure that even when COVID is over, we can stay yeah, spaced out. I like that. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I can think that I would uh, I wouldn't change because it doesn't seem like there's anything that I, I feel like is wrong with the attraction. But I do think it would be cool if, as an added thing, they could give us kind of a tour of the of the back area to see really what it is, what all it is that goes into taking care of the animals. Um, because again, that is that's how I feel too. It's like. I think there's a lot of conversation to be had, and I haven't done a lot of thinking around my feeling around zoos, but hearing someone like Rachel, who cares so much about these animals and, you know, all the efforts that she goes to to make sure that they're getting the best kind of life they can get makes me feel good about what they're doing, and I'd like to see more of that. So, um, you know, whether that's, you know, a separate uh, line, a separate attraction, something like that. Um, that that could be cool. Uh, but that's the only thing I can think of that would, would add to my potential experience. Yeah, I don't think there's a world where you can do that without having to pay a pretty good fee. Yeah, you know? well, I get that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, would expect that. Um, but I would, you know, not be against paying it. Yeah, depending. I think that'd be super fascinating. Yeah, at least for a once in a lifetime experience. Well, right. yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on the safari journey with us. Yeah, this was fun. I love talking about animals. They so cool. Um, next time I go uh, to the parks, I'm definitely I'll take a even 
longer video. I put them all in my stories mm. last time I was on it. So if you missed that, um, I think I still have a, a tab. You can watch Great. my stories. Um, and I'll post a video of this funny ostrich. Um, and you can find that on our social media. So uh, on Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at Slice of Disney. On Twitter, you can find us at Slice underscore of underscore Disney. Yeah, and if you want to check out our Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash Slice of Disney. Um, you can find all these links again at sliceofdisney.com. Um, basically, just put in Slice of Disney in your URL and just click and see what comes up. Uh, you'll eventually find us. And uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Yay! Well, I hope that you have a wild day. Okay, bye!